You're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, episode 86. What up, my dudes, and welcome back to the podcast. So stoked to have you here today. I hope you're doing well. I hope life is going great. I hope you guys are thriving in wherever you're at in life, business, just all the things. Uh, we've had a crazy couple years, and so I just feel like I just want to say that, that I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job, and just know that you're seen, heard, loved all the things. So I'm really stoked for today's episode because I have seriously poured my heart and soul into this episode. We are going to be talking about how to go from having zero clients or customers to being fully booked living in a small town. And even if you don't live in a small town, this still applies to you. But being that this podcast is geared towards like Western and rural business owners and women and all that good stuff, we often tend to live in smaller towns. And I have personal experience with this. I know the struggle. Um, and this could also apply to just somebody that maybe moves to a new town and doesn't have any sort of client base built up yet. And just somebody who maybe is just starting a business from scratch and has zero clients or zero bookings on the calendar all those things whatever it might be if you are wanting to book more or consider yourself to be fully booked then this is the episode for you no matter where you're at in life so without further ado let's uh, get on into today's episode Hey there, my name is Sarah Elrod and you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast where we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. I'm a cowgirl turned full-time entrepreneur. I've done everything from wedding photography to horse training, business coaching, and more. My mission is to help other Western women and men grow thriving businesses so that they can live out that small town dream life that they love while achieving bigger goals than they ever could have imagined. If you're ready to put in the work, grow your business, grow your brand, and enjoy the little things in life, and of course, get a little rowdy too, then you are in the right place, my friend. Let's do this. So one of the biggest mindset shifts that I had to get over was that I could not be fully booked if I lived in a small town. You may already know this, but in case you don't, I grew up in the suburbs. I've always kind of been a country girl at heart. I grew up driving pickup trucks, riding horses, all that stuff, but I lived in a cookie cutter house in a normal looking neighborhood for most of my childhood, all of my childhood really. And then when I went off to college to get a stronger education for horse training, I moved three hours away to a small town of like 5,000 people, which in hindsight is kind of funny to think that that was a small town. I mean, it is a small town in retrospect, but like after meeting my husband and the town that he lived in, it only had 200 people. And so it just, I don't know, 5,000 to me doesn't seem like that small anymore. But anyway, nonetheless, I had a lot of culture shock living there because all of my favorite stores were not just like 20 minutes away anymore and while I was living or not living while I was uh, going to college and working on my equine studies certification I was also running my photography business at the same time and I thought to myself man like if I'm going to have to like make a go of this I'm gonna have to get another job because there's no way that photography is going to keep me booked in this small town while I'm going to school like there's just no way I have no client base I didn't grow up here like I don't know anybody 
everybody and there's just not enough people to keep me busy. And then after I moved back home after college and my parents actually relocated to a house out in a rural area, I had the same issue. I was not going to be able to stay booked with these two new businesses in a small town. It also didn't really help that I had other people like agreeing with me on that thought and telling me that the businesses would have to probably be a hobby or a side hustle if I wanted to live in a place like that and that I needed to get a real job to support myself and I literally just cringe thinking about it because I hate that so much. So knowing what I know now, I wish I would have just like arched my back a little more and really leaned into my marketing strategy and that I was able to realize that it is 1 million percent possible to have a fully booked calendar whether you are just in the beginning stages of a new business or if geography geography oh my god what is this word geographically I'm sorry. This is ridiculous. I'm going to keep this in here. I could edit this out and redo it, but I think that's pretty funny that I can't say words. I found since being pregnant that talking is like a really hard thing for me to do. So it's really great that I have a podcast. (laughs) Okay. Geographically, if you are not in an ideal spot, that is okay. It's still 100% possible to be fully booked. All right. So uh, this, in fact, overall, like this topic is something that I'm really passionate about. And it's kind of like the whole backbone to this podcast in the first place, because I literally created this based on the idea that I wanted rural women to be able to work their passion successfully while not having to give up the dream of like living in the country and living in small towns and working on ranches and things like that with their families. I still wanted them to have passions and run businesses and like do things that they love while living the lifestyle that they love. So yeah, that's why this podcast was created. Words are hard though, apparently. Okay, anyway, so uh, let's get on into the the nitty gritty here, like the details on like how how you do this, like all the things. One of the first things that I want to address is this idea that you cannot be successful if you are an introverted person because it's simply not true. You do not have to be this loud, crazy kind of personality type of person to get more clients or customers for your business. However, I will also say this while we're on this topic. It's called growth, baby. You need to be pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. If you want your business to grow, you have to be willing to grow as a person as well. No, you don't need to be making like dancing videos or making like goofy jokes on Instagram reels all the time, but it's important that you start flexing those muscles that like cause you to show up online. The ones where you get on stories and share about your day, your story, your life, the mission behind your business, just all that kind of good stuff. If you are an introvert, it can feel really uncomfortable to sell and promote yourself and your products, especially if you struggle with your self-worth. And I get that. I know how that feels. And with that comes a lot more of a deeper rooted issue. So maybe you need to talk with somebody or spend some time in the Bible or doing things that build yourself up. Personally, for me, I have found that helping others and pouring into others actually makes me feel a lot better about myself. But 
it might be different for you. So get comfortable though with this idea of getting uncomfortable because when you choose to avoid showing up completely and talking about your offers, you're gonna go out of business. Like it just is what it is. There's no way around it. Another thing that I think is really important to know and to keep in mind is that this idea of being fully booked means something totally different to every single person in every single business. To one person, it may mean every single day of the week has something scheduled, although this is not recommended because you will literally get burnt out so fast. But to someone else, fully booked could just mean taking on four clients a month. Social media does a huge disservice for us in this area because other business owners and people can like jump on their stories and their accounts and things and say things like oh I'm fully booked for the month of April and this can cause like onlookers and other people to get really disappointed and feel unworthy because they don't consider themselves to be fully booked for that month so just remember that one Social media is not always truthful. Like people go on and just say stuff like that to make themselves seem more like important or valuable, which I think is really sad because why do we consider like working more to be the definition of success? Like I, I will never understand that. But just remember that your business is completely different than someone else's and that is a good thing. I would argue that taking on less of a workload would actually make you a better business owner because you have more time to pour into your clients where they're at. I also want to tell you about a couple different situations when I had zero clients in my business because I feel like sometimes you can look at people, like I said, on social media and kind of think like, oh, they've never been where I'm at and they've always been successful or something like that. And I mean, I don't know that anybody actually looks at me and thinks that, but I just want to show you that you're not alone if this is where you find yourself in your business currently. So I had zero clients when I first started both of my businesses of photography and horse training. Zero clients, like not a, not one, not one person was interested in either one of those things, which is probably the case for most of us. Like when you start something new, you're probably not gonna have anybody like chomping at the bit to hire you. But other times when I also found myself with absolutely no clients on my calendar was when I moved to like those small towns and moved around a lot. I had these really limiting beliefs that I could be successful in my business and it held me back. And I moved around in like between 2017 and 2019. I moved like five different times. Um, there was like two times in the year of 2017 that I moved. One was to college and then one was moving to that other house that my parents had bought so out of my childhood home and into this new house I moved again in 20 I don't think I moved at all in 2018 but in 2019 um I met Tyler in 2018 and then in 2019 we moved like four times in like a very short amount of time like all within one year across the country so again I moved to North Dakota for a while and it was kind of the same thing like I had trouble finding clients there um but by that point I will say I had more experience because 2017 like I was still very new at all of this and so I like didn't know what I was doing but then by 2019 I felt like I had a really good grip on how to get more clients and kind of everything that I'm talking about in this um, episode so I was able to utilize that so I went through a short period of having no clients but then I was able to actually book clients while I was there and started getting that momentum and then from North Dakota moved to Reno where I'm at now 
and I really kept the momentum going and I really haven't had much of an issue keeping clients here at all. So again, just goes to show that everything I'm going to tell you in this episode does actually work or it worked for me. So I think it can work for you too. So anyway, moved a ton, had a lot of experience moving around the country, all that kind of stuff. Um, You know, had people that told me I shouldn't do that because it's bad for business, blah, 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 blah. I am just, I feel like I just want to throw this in here too. Like, if you are not happy living in a certain area, like do not let your business be the thing that keeps you there or anything else for that matter. There's so many times when I I see people that are like unhappy with where they're living and there's just like things that hold them back and it's things that to them are like the end of the world. We can't leave because it's going to cost a little bit more money to move there for this reason or to do this or to do that. But like we're not happy where we're at. And I will never understand this mindset. And I guess I'm just a little more of a risk taker in that sense. Like I don't mind taking risks in life and I don't mind doing things that are a little bit scary because I just feel like that's how you grow as a person and that's how you learn things in life. But I understand that not everyone's like that and, you know, to each their own. But I will just never understand that if you're not happy, like please go do something that makes you happy. Please move somewhere that makes you happy. Life is too short to just like stay in a place that doesn't fulfill your heart and your your cup and your life and all the things. That was like a total side tangent. But anyway, so I, um, yeah, I had these really limiting beliefs. I moved to these small towns. I moved to these different areas and I thought like there's no way I'll ever be successful. Like didn't really feel like I had a huge support system. I definitely had people supporting me, family, things like that, but not, I didn't, I felt like I was kind of alone in that situation. And what actually ended up happening was my horse training business really blew up. Being in a rural area meant a lot of people had horses that needed to be worked with. And it wasn't long until I had regular clients paying me like monthly to come work their horses and to train. And that's how I ended up meeting Tyler and he flew me across the country, like all the things. Then there was photography, which was also challenging while being in school. Um, However, I really leaned into working with other students and taking their like graduation photos and I even started taking photos for the college so kind of the key things that I learned from these experiences is that I just had to adapt and overcome to my situation maybe that means you have to drive a little bit farther to do client work if you're a photographer or if you are like a service-based business and you live in a small town it doesn't mean you can't find clients in your small town but you have to probably be open to the idea of working in neighboring towns and like bigger towns that are around your small town so be open to traveling maybe a little bit more or like i also just had to adapt and and kind of overcome to the idea of taking photos of things that i wasn't really trying to on a regular basis like i wanted to do more weddings and things like that but i just leaned into doing kind of like senior portraity graduation photos at that time because To me, that was still better than going out and getting a job at like the grocery store. I just didn't want to have to do that. So you just kind of got to get a little scrappy and, you know, do what you got to do to make it and finesse it as you go. There are some common fears that I feel like most of us will have or have had at some point. Um, in business and ownership and entrepreneurship and all of this and those are like will I have to go find a day job to supplement my income or lack thereof Um, you know how am I going to pay my bills 
or like personally for me I saw other people working nine to five jobs while running their businesses and truthfully I just never wanted that to be me so I had to get really creative and the pressure for me was actually really good for my business because I used it as motivation to book more clients there's kind of this you know ongoing question or discussion in entrepreneurship of like when's a good time to go full-time how do you know you're ready to go full-time and there is definitely like a science number I get I don't know science number that doesn't even make sense but you know what I mean like there's like a number where I would say okay like obviously if you have bills to pay and children to feed and all of that kind of stuff then maybe you shouldn't go full-time and quit your day job until you are making at least as much as you're making uh, at your day job in your business However, for me personally, I was young. I kind of had that safety net of my parents. I lived at home for a long time. I, I mean, I would consider it long, I guess. Like, I probably lived at home longer than most people did. Um, like I said, moved out at 20 to go to college and then came back and then moved out officially at like 22 and then never went back after that. But, um, you know, some people leave at 17, 18 and never go back. So I don't know. But I had the cushion and the safety net, so maybe this like gave me a little more confidence to be able to do this, but um, I just did not want to have to go get a job somewhere. I felt like one, that was going to take up so much of my time and having to go get a job meant that I wouldn't have time to pour into my business and I just literally, I don't know, spoiled me, I guess, just did not want to do that. I just dreaded that so much. I literally wanted to throw up at the idea of doing that. Uh, so I really just hit it hard and went full time kind of from the get go and like never really looked back. I just figured out how much I needed to make every month to cover my costs and expenses and bills and things. And I just, I just did whatever I had to do to make that money. And I know that that's not like the most uh, smart advice probably ever. And I'm not saying to do this. However, I will say that it worked for me. And sometimes adding that little bit of pressure where you just have no other choice other than to make it, then you just figure out a way to make it, I guess. So I don't know. Again, that's just that's my personal experience. And I want to be honest and upfront. And that's just how it worked for me. There's also some lies that I feel like are pretty common that tend to hold people back and things that I believed. And some of those were that I wasn't good enough or that people did not want to work with me. I kept telling myself that that's why I wasn't fully booked. Um, I was failing as a business owner because things did not take off as fast as I hoped. Like I'd seen other people start their business and they just flourished right away. And it just seemed like they were so much farther ahead than, than I was in such a faster amount of time. Um, so I just thought I'm a failure, like I suck, whatever. And then another one was just, again, like living in a small town meant that I wasn't going to be fully booked or that because I lived in a small town that I needed to lower my prices and accept the fact that the market is not as big. And this is a big fat lie. You do not need to lower your prices living in a smaller town. And I think there's a misconception about cost of living because... So I obviously like live, I mean, I don't know if this is obvious. I just think everybody like knows this, but maybe you don't. I lived in California, grew up in California, all the things. Obviously, California is really expensive. And so I charged whatever kind of just the industry standard that were what other people were charging around me, um, especially in the beginning and then increase my price every year kind of thing. 
But um, something that I kind of believed was that if I was going to move to another state, like when I moved to North Dakota in the Midwest, like I thought I was going to have to go cheaper on my prices because cost of living is cheaper in other states like that. But it's not true. Um, I've had this conversation so many times with like Tyler and people in different industries as well. And sure, it's accurate for some industries that maybe you get paid more if you live in a more expensive state and you get paid less for doing the same job in another state. But there are so many jobs and careers where you can get paid the exact same no matter where you live. So please don't feel like you need to lower your prices just based on the fact that you are going to move somewhere else. The only reason I would say to lower your prices is if you get there and you are trying to build up your clientele and absolutely every single person that is um, like trying to book you or inquires with you says that you're too expensive, like everybody else can do it for like hundreds of dollars cheaper and they're like top tier industry leaders and they are charging significantly less than you. But there are people that charge a way heck of a lot more than I do for things and they live in very like like cheaper states or like cost where cost of living is a lot lower so please just understand that that is not a part of like a part of it you know as much as people like to think it is it's really not what it comes down to is if you have a killer experience and a killer product or service that you're offering you have to make sure you're worth it you have to make sure that you are providing value enough to charge what you charge and then at the end of the day own that own that that is what you charge and if you can if you believe it and you truly believe it in your heart, then you should have no problem charging that and offering that and selling that. If you feel like you're scamming people, then you're probably scamming people. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Okay. Anyway. All right. So let's talk about another mindset shift to become fully booked. So to get to a point where you can consider yourself fully booked, there is this switch that needs to happen in your brain. And one of the first things is that it's even possible to do this. And I know that's very simple, but you have to believe that it's possible that you can do this, that you will get fully booked. You really have to believe that in your heart and your soul. The next thing is to not expect consistent clients or customers to be rolling in if you are not being consistent yourself. You need to be marketing yourself and your business consistently if you want to expect consistent clients and customers. Oftentimes I'll use the good old gym analogy. So if you go to the gym for like a month and then you stop going for like three months, stop expecting to have lost a bunch of weight after that three month period. Sure, maybe you might have lost a little bit of weight here and there, but not as much as you would have if you would have stayed consistent and going every day for a month. Now, the same goes for selling your products and offers. If you are not consistently talking about what you sell or how you help people or how the customers can expect you, know, you to serve them, then why are you expecting them to get on board and buy from you? It's just not, not a thing. Like you have to be showing up. You have to be every single day talking about what it is that you do and what you sell. Now, selling is not sleazy, my friends. If you think selling, the idea of selling your product or service is like bad or gross, it's going to directly translate to your audience and they are not gonna wanna hire you or work with you. So instead, I want you to think of selling like this. All it is is just solving people's problems and giving them answers to the questions that they have. And why is that a bad thing? It's not. 
Like selling is just serving and you need to start thinking of it like that. You need to be promoting what you do because no one's going to do it for you. And selling only becomes a bad thing or sleazy if you make it that way. So don't try to like trick people into booking with you. If you are providing an offer that is actually going to help somebody, why would you not share that with the world? A really big game changer for filling up my calendar happened when I started posting about open dates and availability that I had, like literally asking people which dates they wanted to book with me. And prior to that, my only strategy was no strategy. I would just sit there and wait for inquiries to come rolling in after posting some pretty picture on Instagram. But newsflash, it doesn't work like that, at least not long term. You're going to find that in business, you have to evolve and grow and nurture literally like you would raising a child. So literally on a weekly basis or like every other day or something, share your availability. Literally go on. I think like 90% of the time you're sharing free content, you're talking about just, you're, you're providing value to people, all that kind of good stuff for free with no expectations. And then that other 10% of the time, you are literally going on and saying, hey, this is how you can work with me. This is how you can hire me. Like, these are the dates I have available. Here you go. Or if you're a product-based business or you sell like products, then you go here, literally buy this. Here's this thing that you can buy because you've already warmed up your audience through all the free content and serving them prior to that. So you got to kind of nurture them and then here you go. Like, give them a little and then wha-bam, here, buy this. Another thing is haters. Let's talk about this really quick. I'm just going to touch on haters because they are there, but they are normal. You can't run from the haters. They're always going to be there no matter how authentic you try to sell something or be. People are always going to still unfollow, unsubscribe, all the things, and that's okay. As long as other people are benefiting from what you have to offer, who really cares about the people that just choose to go in a different direction? Like, no harm, no foul, you know? Just, it is what it is. Like, you're not for everybody. So if people choose to, like, say, peace out, this isn't for me, good. They're really just doing you a favor anyway. So anyway, there you go. Something else you could be doing is doing more of what was already working in the past. So in slower seasons, maybe your calendar is empty, but your bills still got to get paid. I know a lot of business owners will try to do like a bunch of new marketing tactics and strategies in, in these seasons of like slowness. But in reality, what you should be doing is looking back in the past and seeing what worked before. Where did previous clients come from in the past and lean into that? Now, if you're like, Sarah, I don't know where my clients came from before. Well, it's time to start tracking this metric in your business. And a really easy way to do this is by adding just like a little box on your contact form on your website that asks people how they found you. And you can do this really easily on HoneyBook. So if you want to learn more about HoneyBook and all the things that it can do for your business and how it can make your life a million times easier, then you can head on over to sarahelrod.com HoneyBook. Another way to stay productive in slower seasons and to keep the ball rolling in business is to use the time where you're not super busy to create high value free content. Things like blog posts, freebies, um, serving your email list, YouTube videos, podcasts, Instagram content, everything. And since we're on the topic of free content, I want to address a common concern because often I will hear business owners thinking that if they share a lot of free educational type content, people aren't going to hire them and like, why should they type of thing? So full transparency here. 
I have not really ran into this issue, but I can see where this thought comes from. I've had students in the past actually tell me that they remember hearing me talk about something on my podcast in the same way that I was talking about it on their coaching call. And here's the thing with that and my personal opinion on why that does not matter. Your free content should not be holding back information. You need to prove that you can get people results for free before they choose to take that next step with you and hire you. You have to build that trust factor. And even if you're not in the service industry where you are like providing a service to somebody, you could be a boutique owner or something where you're selling a product. You still have to be providing that free value and showing yourself as like an industry leader. So if you're selling clothing, position yourself as a fashion expert and get on your, you know, Instagram and start making content that shows that you know how to style people, that you have cute outfit ideas. You have to put yourself in that position of being an industry leader. Now, I will also say that it is true that in theory, people could just take all of my free content that I put out and use that to achieve what they want. Like, sure, they could do this. Absolutely. However, the difference is with free content, they have to know exactly where to find it. They have to know what episodes or videos to search through. They have to take the time to absorb it all piece by piece, one at a time. Whereas in a one-on-one coaching call or in like an online course, All the information that they are looking for is given in one easy to find location as well as like a more personal catered experience to their particular businesses. When someone hires me, they get accountability, which is huge in and of itself. But they also get to bounce ideas off of me and have me look into their exact business structure instead of just taking like my free generalized information and trying to fit it into their own business model. So if you do find yourself running into this issue where people are not hiring you because of your free content, then try reframing the kind of free content that you produce. So instead of creating a bunch of how-to type of free content or something like that, try creating content that focuses more on the what and the why. The how is what people are going to hire you for. So focus on what people need and why they need it, but leave the how for those who want to actually pay to hire you. And speaking of this, shameless plug, but if you do find yourself stuck and you want that more catered experience and have somebody to provide you with accountability and to push you forward in your business and your content creation and all of that and to grow your brand on social media, you can reach out to me. Um, I do take new clients. Uh, you can just go to sarahelrod.com slash contact. Okay, and one of the last things I want to talk about is using video to your advantage. You don't even need to hear me say it, I know, but you know it's coming. Video is huge and you should know this by now. TikTok and Reels are here to stay. YouTube is still a really big platform and for so many business owners, especially like photographers, designers, people that are not video focused at all, this is not your favorite area, I know, and you can either choose to resist it and fall behind or you can lean into it and grow. It's really that simple, kind of like we said, earlier get uncomfortable or or get comfortable getting uncomfortable (laughs) you have to grow if you want to grow your business you have to grow as a person it's really that simple video does build a connection that just photos can't they just won't do it so you are gonna have to do hard things you know is it always easy to do this and to stretch those muscles no it's not but you chose to be a business owner and take the road less traveled for a reason you do not need easy you just need possible And on that note, that is all I have for you for today's episode. I hope you guys found this helpful. I hope it kicks your butt into gear and that you start putting yourself out of your comfort zone and doing whatever you got to do to get your clients 
you know, get more clients on your calendar, get fully booked. I really just, words are so hard right now. I feel like I never struggled this bad with talking prior to being pregnant. I don't understand why this is happening. But anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. If you liked it, please make sure to go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Please leave me a little love note on there. I would love to read it in the future episodes. And uh, what else? What else? Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Brandy Cowgirl Pod. Podcast. Make sure to join the Facebook group, Branded Cowgirl Podcast Insiders on Facebook, and you can come hang there as well. Um, but yeah, other than that, I love you guys, and I'll chat with you in the next one. Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. To stay up to date on the show, give input, ask questions, and more, make sure to join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and check out all of the show notes by going to sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. That's sarahelrodblog.com slash brandedcowgirlpodcast. And if you have not yet, make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts so that this show can continue to grow and get into the ears of more Western creatives just like you. All right, y'all, I will see you in the next one.